with the holidays upon us, we have a topic we need to cover, but we've got lots to discuss with our friend Jamie Court. This is the time of the week we visit with our friend Jamie Court. You can find our friend Jamie Court online because he's the president of Consumer Watchdog. The website is consumerwatchdog.org, consumerwatchdog.org, and Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, is indeed the president. But check out all of his great colleagues there at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie is a great consumer advocate, as is Consumer Watchdog, and we've got a consumer issue that's hot today and literally hot today. Jamie, thanks for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. Always great to be here, Norm. Well, Jamie, about a month, month and a half ago, Northern California, wine country, massive wildfires, devastation. People died, animals. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible disaster. California's, you know, reeling from it and dealing with it up north. Uh, the federal government abandoned us. Now down here, Southern California, one of the big national stories, wildfires all over the place, including right here in town, in the hilly areas right in town, very densely populated area. I heard the mayor on the radio yesterday, he said between 100 and 150,000 people are already evacuated, and that was as of yesterday. Jamie, what Consumer Watchdog is looking at is how the insurance companies are dealing with people who now have to deal with the claims from the fires, and that's a story nobody talks about and discovers, they only discover to their dismay when they have to deal with the insurance company. And Jamie, we know about the insurance companies. What are they doing with the fire victims? Well, unfortunately, um, they're not uh, treating them uh, on the front end of buying those homeowners policies the way you'd expect an insurance company would treat a client. So what happens is, you know, to try to rule customers, they will try to obviously undercut the price and offer the lowest price. But what many homeowners are finding is that the coverage they bought doesn't cover the cost of rebuilding their property. There's something that you can opt for called replacement coverage. And in more and more cases, we saw this up north, and unfortunately I think we're going to see this in Southern California, uh, the homeowners are finding that the replacement cost coverage is way uh, low for the area that they have to rebuild in. And so, you know, we're seeing, we heard, you know, these are billions of dollars worth of claims that people are filing for, but... In Sonoma, for instance, we had someone who uh, was a State Farm customer who, you know, was under $200 a square foot to rebuild when he believed the real cost of the building, you know, was upward of $500 a square foot. Uh, well, so when that happens, you have consumers having to shell out of their own pockets. And insurers really should be giving you an accurate estimate of what it costs to rebuild your home because very few people know or think of it. They just shop on the basis of cost. But... Uh, too few insurers do it. In fact, uh, insurers often um, will, uh, you know, just sell you the lowest price coverage, even though it's not enough to cover you. And uh, there was a big battle in California over this, over uh, since the Oakland Hills fires, where it was clear that insurers were shortchanging consumers on their claims and shortchanging people when they, uh, you know, when when they basically bought a policy that wouldn't cover their losses. And John Garamendi, our insurance commissioner, this was in the '90s. He find the companies and said, don't do it again. And then there were some regulations developed under subsequent insurance commissioners to, to get these companies to give accurate estimates of rebuilding costs. The insurance companies all the way till 2017 fought these regulations and lost in the courts. But now we're finding, even though we thought this was a problem that had been fixed, that now the insurance companies, uh, like State Farm, put a moratorium 
on getting extra coverage, extra replacement cost coverage for people who survived the fires and realized their costs were too low because they, they were looking, they thought they might be in danger. So companies like State Farm that fought all these years in the courts not to, have provide, to provide adequate coverage, you know, aren't necessarily selling consumers the type of replacement cost coverage they need. They're certainly not telling them what the actual costs of rebuilding are. And uh, that's something that's got to change because why do you buy homeowner's insurance if it's not to rebuild your house in the case you have a fire? Uh, I think these fires are, are wreaking havoc not only, you know, with, with, with the families, but, you know, the insurance industry's scared. And so when the families go to file their claims, they're literally devastated again when they find that uh, their coverage wasn't there to protect them. We need this insurance commissioner in California, Dave Jones, to step in and propose tougher regulations and rules around the books so we don't have a repeat of this tragedy every time there's a fire. And given what we've seen with the uh, climate change, with the uh, terrain change based on, you know, this being some of the hottest years ever on, hist- in, in, on, on, on record in history, uh, we're going to have more and more fires and we're going to have more and more homeowners until we have someone crack down on this home insurance industry. Well, Jamie, it really is kind of a double dose of disaster. I mean, it's bad enough to have your whole house burned down, right? And all your possessions and your memories and photographs, computers. I mean, that's a catastrophe all by itself. But then to have layered on top of that, the insurance company saying, oh, by the way, here's the amount that you're insured for. And you discover it's like half or or two thirds or three quarters of what you need to rebuild. Then you get a second dose of disaster. But Jamie, the question question that I had in, in the nature of playing devil's advocate was, do the insurance companies have a legal obligation? Do they have a legal duty to tell homeowners, hey, here's how much it's going to cost to rebuild. But from what you're saying, there are regulations on the books that say they really do have a a, a legal obligation to make an assessment of the property, to make an accurate evaluation of how much it would cost to rebuild, and then tell the homeowner, here's what it's going to cost, and here's what that policy would be. Did I get that right? Well, you know, it's... (laughs) Uh, it's 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 a, it's an interpretation under the law, and the regulations that were put forth, we all thought we were going to do that. However, what's clear from the regulations is that if insurers undertake a replacement cost estimate for you, let's say you ask them to do it, or they decide they're going to do it, they have to do it accurately. They have to do a fair assessment. They have to tell you what it really costs to replace uh, the home. But the loophole that many homeowners insurers seem to have found and the insurance commissioners either weren't paying attention or they, or they didn't want to hold their feet to the fire, is that if the insurance companies decide they don't want to do, uh, give you a good-faith estimate of what it costs to replace uh, your home, they don't have to, nor do they have to sell you more coverage. So the law basically is pretty outrageous. It says that if you ask for the estimate or if the uh, insurance company is offering one, it better be right. But if they're not offering you one, uh, and you don't ask, uh, you know, hear no evil, see no evil. Well, it's, fire it's a deterrent. I mean, it's actually kind of a deterrent. It tells the insurance companies don't even start to undertake to provide a, a good faith estimate of what it would cost to rebuild because once you undertake it, then you'll have to do it right, and it's a big pain in the rear end. And not only that, Jamie, but also... By, by by doing that, the insurance companies then get to do what they love to do. They get to say, 
it's not our responsibility. It's the homeowner's responsibility to do their own research, to find out what their own rebuilding costs are. And, and they may not be experts at it, but they have the tools available on the internet to go find out why are they relying on the insurance company? We're not their daddy. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hyping it and overplaying it to make the point, but the insurance companies love that. It's not our responsibility. It's your property. You take responsibility for it. So Jamie, I mean, how do you respond to a snotty kind a response that the insurance companies use like that. Well, go on the air like State Farm and say, uh, like a good neighbor, State Farm's there. It's not. <laughs> not there on the front end. Uh, you know, it's a bad neighbor. And, you know, I mean, I've seen people use this new hashtag, State Farm sucks. I started using it because they're a bad neighbor. They're not <laughs> They're not giving people the coverage they, they pay for. And uh, that's a brand that you know, it's theoretically based on it. So you get the false marketing, but you also, uh, you know, you, you, they have, the insurance companies have a general duty in many states, most states, called a duty of good faith and fair dealing. You've heard of this because uh, you're a lawyer. Well, of course, uh, and yes. When they violate but, but everybody needs faith. to know that. The insurance companies have an obligation of good faith and fair dealing. It's actually implied in all contracts, but it's really applied against insurance companies. And, and that was because some of our friends, like Bill Chernoff uh, and Herb Haft, like created these laws like 30, 40 years ago uh, and, and carved it out, and they spread across the nation. But this is one area where the insurance commissioners haven't cracked down enough. What's frustrating in California is in 2017, January this year, we basically got a, a ruling from our appellate court saying regulations on the books are good, and insurance commissioners have insurance companies have absolutely no right to challenge the insurance commissioner's authority to impose any of these types of requirements on homeowners insurance companies. The problem is that the regulations at issue are either not being interpreted broadly enough or are not broad enough. Uh, the insurance commissioner now has this authority that he won in a case called uh, ACIC versus Jones. He's got to apply that law and go beyond it and learn from this fire and stop the next one. And so I think it's, it's a matter of political will because the law is on the side of the public uh, and the regulators, but they've got to step up to the plate. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court. You can find our friend Jamie Court, and I urge you to do so. It's spelled C-O-U-R-T, and he is the president of Consumer Watchdog. Great website, consumerwatchdog.org, just revamped consumerwatchdog.org and if you were to go there you would see our friend Jamie Court right there on the front page because there's a video clip of Jamie talking about Giving Tuesday holiday scams. Now you, you, you're familiar with Giving Tuesday of course that's behind us but here we are in the holiday season and Jamie the notion of holiday scams is a very common one because people it's the holiday season they're feeling good maybe they may luckily they had a good year they've got a few extra dollars they want to give to uh, to a worthy cause they want to help they want to feel good it's the holiday season and all so of course the scam artists know all that and they come out in force so Jamie how can we avoid giving money to scams and actually you know giving our money to real charities that do real good well, I mean, I think that the key thing is to know who you're giving to and don't just fall for a, a phony line. Um, you know, if you're going to give a good contribution, you can go online pretty easily. You can go to a website called GuideStar, GuideStar.org, and look up the, the organization, see how big they are, see if they're putting all their money on program services like feeding uh, the homeless or whatever they tell you they're doing, and see how much money they're using for administration and overhead. Uh, good organizations don't spend more than, you know, 15%. 
on administration and overhead. Many spend much, much less. Uh, you want to make sure it's not a fundraising scam, and you want to make sure they're a legitimate organization, a legitimate not-for-profit, first of all. Uh, if you're going to get a tax deduction, you want to make sure they're really not-for-profit. GuideStar.org can tell you that. But then you can go a little deeper. You can even look through their tax returns, see uh, what they pay their staff, how what, the, what they describe their own programs are. Um, and so it's, it's not that hard to do the research. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you buy something, you know, you use the old uh, term caveat emptor, buyer beware. Givers have to beware, too, because there are too many scams, uh, and people um, can fall into them and, and, and not only waste their money, but, but, but sometimes they're, they're giving things away and it's not really going to a true charity. Well, Jamie, I've got the website up right here on my screen. It's guidestar.org, G-U-I-D-E, G, like guide, G-U-I-D-E, star, S-T-A-R.org. Better data, better decisions, better world. Guidestar is the world's largest source of information on nonprofit organizations. They say find up-to-date information on thousands of nonprofits, including, and they've got some big names and some names that aren't so big. So you're suggesting that that's a good place to go find out if, if a charity is legit or not? Well, yeah, they're sort of the gold standard because they suck up all the uh, tax returns from the IRS and put them online and scrape them. And, and so they're, they have a clearinghouse. Even the, you know, the, the charitable trust, uh, the attorney general now uses GuideStar. So if, if they're a charity, they should be there. If they're not there, they might not be a charity. And Jamie, there are there are so many well-known, worthy charities, of course, that could always use some extra help. So it, it seems to me, if we just give it a little bit of advanced thought, then we can certainly easily avoid being the victim of holiday scams. And I and I love your your comment about don't just fall for a line, right? So if it's somebody with a nice uh, pitch, a nice email, a nice pitch, or somebody says something nice, that's not enough. I mean, there's got to be a real organization back there with a history. And so just falling for a line is is a way to get scammed. Jamie, I've got to leave it there. Time's always against us. But I really appreciate you spending some time every week to visit with us. And hey, the insurance companies and, and tr mistreating people when they've got claims, this is something really important. People only find this out when they have a claim. And then, of course, it's too late. Check our friend Jamie Court at ConsumerWatchdog.org. Fighting for us. The government isn't these days. Jamie, thanks so much, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you, Norm.